Hey Alexa, what's the definition of hustle? To be aggressive, especially in business or other financial dealings. You're listening to the H for Hustle podcast, designed to inspire future entrepreneurs to take the leap from working for someone else to pursue their passions and side hustles and turning them into full-fledged businesses. My name is Jerome Fenton. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with an entrepreneur that has taken that leap. We'll be talking about the lessons they've learned and how they've turned their passions and side hustles into full-fledged businesses. H for Hustle Podcast, welcome back. Another illustrious episode up ahead. And on today's episode, I have a returning guest, Brian Wick. Now, Brian is the founder of a HVAC uh, company, but it is a franchise. And he also helps other people um, get their business back on track or get their business up and rolling. So I had a conversation with Brian about how someone could scale, how can they can scale from their business. So let's just hypothetically say you guys are at $100,000, dollars $300,000 of revenue, but the problem is you're the one in the business. You need to get out of the business and get people involved in your business. We talk about how to scale, even how to hire, and even the conversations to have with your employees. Now, this is a, there was so much information I wanted to dive in um, to. This is a two-part series that I'm going to be doing with Brian. Um, This is just the first part of that, um, and we'll follow up the next part next week so you guys can get a good handle on that. So, I'm not going to waste too much time because there's so much information in this episode that I want you guys to get. So let's get into it right now. Boom. H for Hustle Podcast, welcome back. Um, Today we have a returning guest um, who had a very great podcast um, and you had a ton of knowledge. Brian Wick, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, honored to be back. This was a lot of fun the last time, so I'm really looking forward to diving in a little deeper on some of the things we touched on last time. So, Brian, you're a wealth of knowledge, right? Um, and you have a ton of experience. And why I want to have you on is I've been getting a lot of emails and you know, DMs and stuff from people who listen to this podcast and they want to start, you know, they're about year one, year two. They've already gotten clients. They've gotten out of the making the decision to start a business. Now they're in this stage where they want to grow and scale their business. Um, and I know that's something you help other entrepreneurs with. So I want to bring you back on to have this conversation. Um, so I know where some people should start, but let's say the person has, you know, they're doing a decent amount of revenue. Let's call it a hundred, two hundred thousand. They're doing fine. Their 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 business is 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 solid financially. Where should someone start if they want to start scaling their business? What should the first thing they start looking at before they even begin scaling? So one of the first things that we always do whenever I'm working with a new company um, and they want to take that leap to get to that next level, the first thing I always do is I, I meet with the staff. I get with everybody and I get in front of them and I talk to them about what is happening inside of their business right now and what are their limitations. And generally what we find is that the staff has a lot of really great ideas on how to get it to the next level, but generally the owner is kind of the bottleneck in the company or even a manager. And it kind of comes back to some of the things we talked about the last time where really that owner manager, they feel like they can do it all. You know, they, they have to, if, 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 if it's going to get done, it has to get done by them. 
And one of the first things I do is I get in front of the team and I say, all right, so our goals here as a team are to go from 200,000 to 500,000, okay? So that's the objective. Now, how do we get there? Number one, what are the limitations? What roadblocks are in your way as an employee in order to do your job effectively? And what we do is we'll start to, we'll, we'll get a, an imagination board. It's generally a, a, either a big whiteboard or one of those big flip charts, you know, from back in the day, those big white flip charts. Yeah. And we'll write out every single thing that they deem as a roadblock or something they need or a tool or a resource. And we'll list everything out. And then once we start to list it out, then we can start to prioritize those items to say, okay, so what, which things have the highest impact? What are our high impact activities? And we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll rank them and we'll reorganize that chart and we'll put all the, the things that we have to take care of first, second, and third. And then the next thing we do is we go and we start to do them. And when you, you, you say, okay, we're going to check these one, two, three things off the list. Now your team is going to start to have buy-in and believe in you. So if you're a manager or an owner and you really want to get it to that next level, go talk to your people, create that list and get buy-in from your people and make sure that they're aware of exactly where they need to go. Because sometimes they just don't understand what the mission is. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Now, my question is, so in your experience, when you ask the staff, is the owner or manager ready to hear what the staff has to say? You're going to hear some things in here that you may not, you may not like, and that may make you a little uncomfortable, but they need to be said. And if you're really going to empower your people, because that's how you're going to get to that next level. You can't will it into existence unless you're a very strong leader. And there are those strong leaders out there, but they still, somebody almost needs to come in and tell them like, okay, you need to kind of get out of your own way for a second in order to get to that next level because you can't do it alone. And yeah. that's where that's where so many people get hung up is they're trying to just do it alone. They're trying to will it into existence from their own office and not really go in and empower their people. Got it. So for you, scale starts with the people. Now- 100%. Hiring, I always say, uh, hiring is like guessing, right? Like everyone's resume is great. Everyone can present well in an interview, but when you hire them, you don't really know what, you know, what they're actually gonna do. How do you choose the best people for for, for a role when you're starting to scale? Cause that's the scariest part is mm-hmm. getting someone, trusting them and then handing them a part of your business or your baby to like take care of. You know? Yeah, so for sure. What, what are certain things that you do in the, in the I guess, gets into just trying to get the the right people to do the job part. So, I mean, it all starts with the hiring process. Um, You know, when we hire people, we look for good people. We we look for people that can hold a a conversation, eye contact. Those things are so important. If you can get people that you truly like, it goes a really long way because those people generally will like you back. And then when you ask them, hey, I need you to run through this burning wall for me, they do it. You know, it. it's it really comes back to that whole hiring process and it's the whole process. It's not one thing. It's not just putting the ad on Indeed and looking for good people and good resumes and hey, like this guy, we're going to throw him a bunch of money and we're going to bring him in because his resume says he can do X, Y and Z. Those are great yeah. indicators, but it's the people, you know, it's the buy in. It's um, 
I, we talked about it on the last one. You know, one of the things that I look for when I hire someone is, can I sit down and, and enjoy a conversation and a beer with that person? That's a huge thing in the hiring process. That tr that that's a trust and like thing, and that and that also filters down into your customers. Your customers have to like and trust your employee in order to make a sale. So you know you're a hundred percent right, but new owners tend to or new entrepreneurs tend to when they're scaling up, they focus on the skill set. How much of the skill does that person need to have versus just being a good person and they can hold a conversation? How much of that do you look for? So I've hired people with absolutely no skill. I've hired I've hired people that have just been, I love their personality and I like them right away. You never meet somebody that, well, hell, when I met you, I just liked you right yeah. away, right? We just yeah. get it off and, and, and when you meet people like that, you want to get those people on your bus. You want them on your team, right? And you may not have a role for them or they may not even know what that role is yet, but you want to get that person on your team and then you can create some opportunity and then you find out what their strengths are and you start to exploit those and you get them the training they need if that's something that they want to do. Got it. Okay. So first you look for, first you look for how much can you and them get along? 100%. Then you will hire them even if they you don't quite know what their skill set's fully used for yet. Um, and then train them into the role that you kind of want them for or the role that their skill set is best for. Yeah, they may not know the seat on the bus yet, but they're going to get on my bus. I can promise you that because they're if they're a good person and they you have the trust and likability, I can train you on some of the raw skills within our industry or what you know or what whatever the industry is. You can train Got people. It. People are trainable for the nuts and bolts of many jobs, but where they're not trainable sometimes is personality. Yeah. Yeah, you can't train good person. You can't train like um, how to have people skills. You you can, but you can't, you know, Correct. there's certain things that you, there's soft skills that you just can't train. Correct. So there's something that we talk about in our industry, and this is where we, we use this in order to scale our business. It's called habit of service. Have you ever heard of that? No. What is that? Okay. So habit of service is it's, it's doing the things that other companies are unwilling to do, right? So it may be something as simple as when you go to somebody's house and you notice that their newspaper is laying at the end of their driveway, it's picking it up and taking it up to the front door and when you knock on the door to introduce yourself, hey, while I was driving in, I saw your newspaper at the end of your driveway, here you go. So that's a habit of service. It's doing something that other companies are unwilling to do. And one of the things we train on is that habit of service and it's also trust and like. So if I if I trust you and you're and you're and you're honest, that's another key of it too. Add that to habit of service, it all it becomes basically a big math question, a big formula. So trust, like, habit of service equals a sale. Because once they trust and like you, what are they gonna do? Yeah, they, they're gonna work with you, they're gonna buy from you. Correct. So that's one of the big things that we we teach and train on when we're trying to take a company from here to there. You, you know, it. it's it's those little things. It's there's a lot of companies out there doing two hundred thousand dollars a year, or a million dollars, or five million dollars, right? But they're all average. What makes that company the next level? What makes that company to where they have a, a line of employee, a line of potential employees outside their door waiting to come work for them? Because I can tell you, that's really hard right now. It's so hard to find people, right? Mm-hmm. 
But if you do these things correct and the word kind of gets out on the streets of what kind of company you have and you build that culture, you don't have that problem. Then you can take that company to the next level. It's all the little things. All right. So now let's say someone's hires, they have their first you know, three to four people and they, they're willing to now give up some of the power and the control. How do they empower those people for the growth to happen? Right? Like, because you have to give a level of empowerment for the growth to then happen after that. What, what would you be some suggestions that person do, that owner or that manager? So I would train that person, number one. You wanna train them first off on the customer, the, the soft skill set, right? The customer service, the expectations. You wanna train them on how to do the job itself, the nuts and bolts, the technical aspect of the job, right? But what you wanna do is you wanna empower the, the, that employee. That's a huge thing. If that, if that employee feels empowered, to go out and do the right thing and know that they're not gonna be micromanaged, they're not gonna be reprimanded for making a decision. That's one of the biggest things that I, I, I do with my employees and when I, when I consult with other companies is I will empower you to go out there and make decisions. And it's amazing how many employees just don't understand that. They really struggle with that. They're like, well, I, don't, I can't make this decision. I have to call somebody. And I'm like, if you call me, we're gonna have issues. You go out there and you make the decision in front of the homeowner. Don't be the squirrel in the middle of the road, right? Because the yeah. squirrel in the middle of the road always gets run over every time. Make a decision, right or left, which way are you going? But make the decision. If you make the right one, we're gonna high five at the end of the day and we're gonna say, man, that was an awesome decision. If it was the wrong one, we'll go, don't do that one again, <laughs> you know? And that'll be the end of it. But empowering your employees to go out there and make decisions will result in sales because they'll have confidence. It'll result in happier employees, lower turnover. It's a win on top of a win on top of a win. And so many manager owners go wrong in that area because they will micromanage their employees into the ground. They'll push them right into a little box, right? And what happens when what happens when you like push when you push a dog into a corner, right? What happens? Start, it'll bite you at one point or another. It's eventually, it's all going to go really wrong for you. But but that's what but that's what employees and ma employees or managers and, and owners will do so often is they'll work that employee right into a corner because they can't do it they can't do it like I can only I can do it r the best way, and that stunts their growth of their company. So I can hear just hear my I, I understand this and I also was a new owner so I definitely understood this at at some point or another. But when somebody, you empower somebody to make a decision, they make a decision and it's a mistake. Now that mistake costs you money. How as an owner do you say, all right, how do I let them make those mistakes knowing that it's gonna cost me? Like that's something that a lot of people, why they start putting their employees in boxes because mistakes cost money. So generally if there was a mistake, it's a training issue. Um, if there was a mistake by one of my employees, I'm generally not gonna go to the employee, I'm gonna go to their manager and I'm gonna say, Hey, so so-and-so made a mistake over here. We have a teaching opportunity now. Mm. So you look at that as a, but again, being so close to it, right? You're a little bit more removed when you could go to the manager. Usually the people who are listening to this, they are the manager and the owner. Like they're, so you're saying at that point, it's a breakdown of training versus. Yeah. So my mentality, my mentality hasn't changed since the day that I was a service manager to where I was an operations manager, to where I was a general manager, till I was an owner, till I was a president. My message hasn't changed, it's always been the same. And that's how I was able to grow, is because I look at those as teaching opportunities. Did, they, did it cost me money? Yeah. 
Sometimes it cost me a lot of money for a, a teaching opportunity, but I always looked at it as a teaching opportunity. And when my employees knew that they could go and make a mistake and they could come to me and say, I made a mistake. Got it. It was much, it was, it, 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 it's, it's so much better. It's kind of like having kids, you know, if your, your kids do something stupid, do you want them to hide, hide in their bedroom or do you want them to come down and say, Hey dad, I kind of, this is what happened. <laughs> you know, I screwed up because now we can, now we can deal with the situation. So before you even scale, it seems like you have to have a, as an owner, have to have a conversation with yourself on saying, all right, I, the buck stops with me. A lot of the onus is going to come down on me. If somebody makes a mistake, it's my fault. I got to figure out how to get better because I didn't train them or I didn't teach them well or whatever the case may be. You just passed my master class, Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so I mean, I, I actually just, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, be on a panel um, within our franchising system. And uh, we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of franchises all over America. And I was one of five people, I think, that got invited to be on this panel for re retention because we've we've only lost um, at the time we had lost three percent of our people. That was it. That was our turnover rate. Three percent. Wow. Yeah. And now we're at six. We just recently lost uh, a couple of people here uh, recently. One one actually went out to go start his own business. And the other one, she she just decided this wasn't this industry wasn't for her. She wasn't with us all that long. But um, you know, I mean, it's, I forget exactly where I was going with this conversation. <laughs> now, but. No, no. I mean, because you treated your people so well, they, they're retained. Now, yeah, they're, exactly. So the question I have to ask now, right, as a new owner, sometimes money isn't the tightest. You can't pay the most competitive wages because, you know, you're, you're at 200, you maybe right. can pay two to three people, but you have to manage the money really well at that point. And you're not the most competitive in the market space. How do you retain people when you're not paying them the absolute best? So we got when, when we were having some of those growing pain issues, we got creative with our compensation packages. And we, what we discovered was a lot of people that really wasn't about the money. It was about work-life balance. And we really mm -hmm. focused in on that work-life balance. And we gave a lot of people, we discovered a lot of people were young families and their, you know, their daughters are trying to go to dance recitals and their kids trying to get to a t-ball game. And, I, I, I never missed that stuff for my kids. My dad never missed it for me. And I feel it's important for my employees to go do that as well. Um, and when we started to really lean on those those principles that you know my dad you know my dad did and I did, it was amazing how the pay didn't become such a big issue. While it was still a topic, we were able to create a different culture within our organization that wasn't about the money so much. It was about the family work balance. And that yeah. went a that went a huge way. That 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 we still, I mean, we we go above and beyond for that. We've gone to flex scheduling within our within our company now. What is that? So we offer in our industries, like we'll go to a house to do a furnace repair or a plumbing repair or, or, or something like that. And our time frame will be an arrival between nine and ten in the morning. So that's the first call of the day, right? Well, in the old days, we required our technician to be at our shop by 8 a.m. so you could get all your parts, have a cup of coffee with me, and then and then drive to your first call by nine o'clock, right? Yeah. So what if I just said, hey, I don't need you to come in here. I don't need to have a cup of coffee with you. You just need to be on your first call by 10 o'clock. So just leave straight from your house and go straight there. And just log in on the iPad when you're en route. Just let us know you're just let us know when you're heading that way. 
Got it. So that now that person feels a sense of ownership and they don't they can get their morning done. They don't have to come and report. They don't have to go through two sets of traffic. They can just go one one go where they got to go from their home. Yeah. And, you know, after all the covid stuff, we even started to do that with our office staff where we have the all of our our office space is really small. We have 30 employees and our office space is like a thousand square feet. Wow. Because we get people, we have flex space. So we have a couple permanent offices, um, but for the most part, everything is flex space where people can come and go. They can work from home. Everybody is completely, um, you know, on laptops. Yeah, remote. So they can go and do what they need to do. And that was a game changer for us. And when we started to, and these are all the things that all lead to to scale and quick scale. Because when we started to empower these people to, to really, we started thinking outside the box and we started, this goes back to what do your employees want? What are the roadblocks for them? And when we started to really listen to them and they said, hey, I'm just not a morning person. Like, I don't want to start till 10 a.m. Okay. Got it. I, I want to I be able to work from home in the mornings. Okay. I You know, I need this new sewer uh, machine so that I can do these drains. Okay, let me know what what does it cost, and let's let's plan for that. Can I go? Get, can I afford to get it today? Maybe not. But if I but if you tell me I need this, now I can put together a plan. And if you as an employee if now, if all of a sudden you come to me and you ask me for a nine thousand dollar camera, and I said you got it, let me get a plan together, and we'll have this thing for you in X amount of days if we do these things. So now you just meet me in the middle on it, and I do what I say. How are you going to feel as an employee now? Like you gotta have to do what you said you were gonna do, which is show up and deliver. Correct. Plus, you're gonna have hella buy-in with me, and you know, you're 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 gonna want to work for a company like that. Now when I, and that, and now when I say, hey, so your kid's playing t-ball tonight? Why are you here? Mm, okay, because you said that's what you wanted, right? And so as an employer, I'm holding you to your own standards. Like, hey, 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 your kid's got t-ball. Go go watch your Whoa. kids play go and you know what if you want and if you have some responsibilities you need to come back to come back and let's do them let's do them after the game i'm flexible so these were the things that were allowed us to to grow rapidly whenever we and so whenever i work with a company whether the company's in some financial trouble or it's a startup these are the principles i go back to every time these these things that we just talked about and this is how i either repair a company or grow a company so you have a buy-in with the employees, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just for the sake of the audience, I want to—if we could just role play for a second. How does that conversation even start? Where you say, "I want to," you know, let's just hypothetically I have a three-man team, and I want to start doing some of the stuff that you just said. How do I even begin that conversation? I, you know, I would love for you to role play that and see how we could go through that. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd invite you in my office, and my office is pretty casual so you know i say come on in let's type a conversation here really quick and i you know hey uh jerome so just tell me a little bit about what's going on in your world you know you don't have to get into personal details but tell me what tell me what a day in the life of jerome looks like right now um you know come you know drop the kids off you know then i gotta fight through traffic i get here you know i'm always a little bit behind and i gotta 
grab the stuff out the van, get hustling, and then, you know, get everything set up for the day. Right. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's been a little annoying that, uh, that little morning time. But overall, besides that, everything else has been good here. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because we've actually noticed a little bit that when you come in here in the morning, you're usually like doing the headless chicken like your head's on fire. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm usually a little frazzled because I'm coming from the kids, then back in the car, then traffic, then here. And, and, and in my mind, I know I'm a little behind. So it's like I'm just trying to, you know, get get ahead of it. And I understand how you feel. And I felt the same way. But definitely what we found is that we can do things a little bit different here, differently here to make your life a little bit easier. What can what I do? What do you mean differently? How? Well, what can I, what, if in a perfect world, what can we do? What would, what would your morning look like if you didn't have to do this running around thing like that and come in here all frazzled? What would you do differently? I mean, I could have my van prepped like the day, the day before, cause usually my wife grabs the kids at nighttime. So, you know, they, she grabs them after school. So when I come back here, if I could have my van prepped, you know, I could just leave from here, my house, after dropping the kids off and go straight to where I gotta go. If I didn't have to come here and grab things and get myself set up, if I could just be set up from the night before and just go straight there, it would it would be really easy for me, you know? So why don't we do that? Uh, I didn't know that was an option. There's always options. We just have to communicate with each other. Okay, so what are you saying? I can, I can just start packing my stuff up and just going straight to my first appointment just in the morning from dropping the kids off. Is that what you're saying you need? Yeah, that would actually make my life just so much better. Yeah. And it, what, what I found is if I have happier employees, I'm generally going to have happier customers. Okay. So why don't we do that? Uh, when do you want to start this? Tomorrow morning. Okay. Let's give awesome. it a try. So I don't have to. I don't have to report in. So how would I report in? Like you know. So what in our world, what you would do is I just need you to report in through your iPad. Just check in and then just shoot the dispatcher a technician or a, the, the dispatcher a text message, uh, just to let her know that you're on the that you're on the way. Just so that way she can watch you, and then we'll watch you on the GPS. We'll see that you're moving. So it's, it's no it's no worries. Um, and if that's gonna make your life a little easier in the morning, go do that. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah. I really appreciate this. I really appreciate yeah. this conversation. I just, you know, I always tell my wife that we have to take the kids out a little earlier, but no matter how early I leave, I'm always getting hit with traffic or just, you know, kid pukes know. in the backseat. Something <laughs> happens. You know? Yeah. Something always happens. So let's do that. And then let's circle back around and I don't know, let's try, let's go two weeks and let's schedule a meeting for two weeks from today. How about, uh, how about at noon? I'll meet you for lunch. I'll buy you a cheeseburger. How's that sound? Yeah, that's that. That'd be great. Um, if you could just add it to my calendar, then definitely, you know, we can for sure. It. Yeah, let's do that, and then we'll circle back around. We'll make sure everything is is good on both sides, and um, uh, go from there. Got it. All right. Thank you so much for doing that, real quick. I was yeah. perfect. I actually, you know, I noticed something because through my management training, I, you use like the feel, felt, found. Like I understand how you feel. A lot of people felt the same way, and this right. is what we found. And so yep. I saw that. I, I, I know that technique, but for people who don't know, that's a way of buying in, having the person you're talking to. You understand what they feel. It brings the temperature down. Then you explain yourself and then tell them what's a new solution or what you found by doing it. So yeah. it's a great technique and I just really appreciate your role playing with that because <laughs> I know that's going to be valuable for someone trying to have that conversation. Yeah, we role play constantly in our in our organization. So that's, that's nothing new to me. So I enjoy yeah. it. 
So now scale. So it sounds like to me, scale comes from people. You can't scale without people. Nope. Got to have the people. You can, you'll just be beating your head against the wall without the right people and having them empowered and trained and, and understand the mission, understand the plan. There's got to be some sort of a plan. Like if you want to grow, you, every, everybody kind of needs to know where you're heading, you know, and then you got to get that buy-in. But it starts with just having those conversations. You'd be amazed yeah. at just talking to a staff and just finding out what their needs are and what their perceived roadblocks are. So, and sometimes their roadblocks are nothing more than mental. It's a, it's a six inch problem right between their temples, right? And yeah. when you get to start, when you get to talking to them and really you know, burying down on that, you'll find out that it's just some simple things. And it's a lot of times it's just communication, just like when we role played. And I said, we just have to communicate. Yeah, because if that person would have brought it to you earlier, it would have been solved two months ago, three months ago, whatever time span it took. Yeah. I mean, if, if you would have come to me and said, hey, I'm I got this issue. And I mean, we have one technician that he he flat out. He, number one, he hates mornings. He's not a morning person. He has kids, little small kids that he has to take care of and get to daycare. And he's, he's running around with him and his wife and he's just got morning responsibilities and he's transparent about it and I can work with it. You know, he, ca he came to me and when he first started, he wasn't transparent and there was heartache because he was late. He was this, he was, it was always something. And then we sat down and had this conversation and found out that he has these needs. So, all right. So let's take care of these needs. And he's been, he's been great. You know he's he's gonna he's gonna sell probably 1.5 million dollars this year in residential HVAC equipment. Got it. And all it took was just having a conversation about his mornings being a little bit better. That's all him. it took. All Got it took. And now, so how do you then vision cast right? Like you now you've had the people, you get the people, you can have these conversations. You're in communication with them. How do you? push the vision now how do you get them buying behind your goal and what the agenda is you want to go from 200,000 to 500,000 how do we get them to go in that direction so um it comes down to goal setting right so it's got to be specific measurable attainable um uh, re realistic tangible right those are the those are the things to goal setting so first off is your is your goal the owner the guy that wants to get there is your goal even realistic that's number one because I've seen that a million times where an owner goes, hey, I, I do $100,000 right now, and then 10 months I wanna do 10 million. Is that realistic? That's, no, that's not even close to realistic. But, but you'd be amazed how many times an owner or a manager puts those types of pressures on their employees. You'd be, you'd be shocked. So find out number one is, let's have a specific goal. I wanna go from 100 dollars to $300,000 in 12 months. Is that a specific goal? Yes, is it measurable? Can we measure that every single day? Yeah, we yeah, can measure that. you can break that. that down over a month period of time. Yeah, you could say, all right, that's what, uh, uh, six, 20, no, $16,000 a month or something like that? Something like, like that, you're better at math than me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so is it it's is, is it attainable is it realistic and then the biggest one is it the tangible part can you feel it touch it taste it does it get you excited or does it or you or you sit there and go i'm gonna set this goal but i know we're really probably not gonna hit it but i'm gonna put it on my people to see if they can i'm gonna stretch their legs right you ever hear that one their yeah. manager's like i'm just i'm just gonna put up i want to get to two hundred thousand, but i'm gonna make it 300 because i want to see if yeah, I i'm gonna put a stretch goal they call it a stretch yeah goal for no reason yeah and those suck so because all they do is they really 
they make your employees feel like crap because it's not realistic. That's, that's, that's just what happens. So now you start, you, you have this goal, it's realistic, it's all those things, right? So you go to your team and this is another, another big thing. It's a little bit of the show, it's the enthusiasm. So this goal that you're setting, does it make you excited as an owner? Are you excited? If you walk in the room and you're excited, guess what happens to your team? They're all excited too. Yeah, because they feel it, right? They feel the energy. But you have to come in there and you have to exude that energy. If you walk in the door and you go, all right, well, guys, um, so we're going to try to do $300,000 this year. And Jerome, I need you to I need you to do $75,000 this year. All right, cool. Uh, let me know if you need anything. <laughs> How do you think that's going to go? But what if I walk that's in the good. room? But what if I walk in the room and go, hey, guys. We are really doing great things here. Our customer service is through the roof. Our Google reviews are great. We're doing all the right things. We're moving in the right direction. Here's what I need from each of you. Jerome, I need you to do X. Brian, I need you to do Y. And now all of a sudden you're going, hey, I can kind of feel it. I, and you kind of feel that momentum. It's kind of like a beating drum, right? You're just like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You've been in those kind of meetings, I'm sure you have. Yeah. And yeah. you walk out of there and you're just like, yeah, I wanna do it. But guess what, that comes, it starts with the owner manager. And if you're not walking in the room with enthusiasm and getting your troops ready to go and they're feeling that fire, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, so you gotta be charged up behind your own the goals of the organization and then you got to be able to put that and transfer that into your people yep specific measurable attainable realistic tangible tangible is the big one that's where that's yeah. the one that i really get behind because i can i can do all the other stuff that's nuts and bolts but tangible is where so many people fall short because they get there and they're like okay on paper we can do this now but that's it but it falls short because it's just on paper how do you navigate out of this pitfall, right? Because most owners are people who listen to this are very early stage, right? They're the ones using, they, they're used to doing everything. They used to do everything. Now they're hiring people. Somebody makes a mistake and they want to jump in right behind that person and fix it. How do you avoid that as, a, as somebody who's trying to scale? So what you got to do is you got to realize you're making that mistake. And that's hard for an owner manager. I have made that mistake plenty. But you have to, at some point, you have to realize that you have to empower your people and then you have to allow them to go and make their mistakes. Go take your lumps, right? It's really, really hard to do, but you gotta do it. You will never get to that next level without your people. And I can't stress that enough. And it's gonna be a little painful. But I would rather have a little bit of pain on the front side for all the huge rewards that would come on the back side. That's huge right there. That's a huge piece. Yeah, but it's 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 hard. It's painful. Uh, it's really painful some days. <laughs> like really, really painful. But you have to do it. You have to you have to do it. Got it. And just like that, we're gonna cut it off right there for part two. We're gonna go a lot more in depth on how you can scale in your business. I had to cut it off right there because we went into so much other great information and I wanted to give you guys just a piece of what we spoke about. So 
stay tuned for the next part of this series that we'll be doing with Brian because we went into so much more detail of how to get yourself out of your business, how to stop working on your business and work in your business and how to, and we also continue the conversation of scale. So um, stay tuned for that. I hope you guys really enjoyed this one. Um, Brian has a ton of great information, ton of great value. So I'm going to leave it right there and we're going to come back next week with a banger of an episode with just way more information on how to get out of your actual business how to stop working in your business and work on your business and how to scale so that's it for now guys that's all i have for this week peace boom